0: What's up, NFL fans? Con McCarthy here with my co host as always. Blake Pace here to talk to you about another week in the NFL. We just got through a Championship Weekend. And it was real exciting.
1: What'd you think, Blake? I love the first game, and I, I know like we're we're gonna talk about yeah, each game in a little bit. Right but you know, change. we each went one and one this week. I, I enjoyed the hell out of the first game. Second game got a little boring after a while. But um, I'm excited. We're gonna have a lot building up for the Super Bowl. Have a big old podcast next week. Uh, just previewing the Super Bowl, all this stuff, and um, yeah, excited. Well, I'm real glad that
0: you're not starting off the show this week with the Jaguars win because that would have been a little embarrassing. Oh, for yeah. me, at least, because I've talked a lot of junk about them and you've <laughs> yeah. been a huge supporter. But I'll give them credit. They put up a great game against It was players. a hell of a game. And we'll get into that later. But first off, I think we're going into 19s this week, right, Blake? Yep, 19s. You got any for me, currently? Well, I'm going to be honest with you. Blake just tried to give me a hint before because, as you all know, I'm not good with numbers and jersey numbers. So he uh, said there was a white wide receiver right that the NFC tore up this N-NFC.
1: year Adam NFC Thielen. Adam Thielen I just there thought about it right yep. then that's great and then the uh, AFC rookie wide receiver that really just tore things apart he was in the playoffs this year had a great rookie season wide receiver <sighs> great rookie wide receiver in AFC Ugh. plays with a, one of the plays with one of the best wide receivers in football plays with one of the best yep. wide
0: receivers in the football
1: yep I'm feeling so embarrassed right now. Who are your now, favorite my... wide receivers? Who's your, who's, who's 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 your number one wide receiver? Antonio Brown. Who oh, Juju it? Smith-Schuster. Yep, Juju. Please stop it. I am so embarrassed. Yep, Jeez. Juju. Uh, let's see. Oh, here's a big name. He's with the Saints this year. Uh, Ten years in the league. Ten year, Ted Ginn Jr.? Yep, Ted Ginn. Uh... You see
0: people. I know football. I just don't know jersey numbers. As soon as you give me a little bit of a hint, I can get
1: it. Uh, Browns receiver. A little bit of a disappointment in his second season. Corey Coleman. Yep. Corey Coleman. Uh, Lions wide receiver. Kind of got things Uh, going. Junior. No. Kind of got hot the little first first like quarter of the season. You talking about the rookie? Uh, yeah. Kenny Galladay. Yep. Kenny Galladay. Um, we've got. Let's see. What are some other big ones? Robert Aguayo, who's you know, not in the league this season. Oh, Chargers. The Chargers. Chargers t- him. Why would the Chargers do that? I don't know why they do this to themselves. Why would you go and get a kicker? Like, Robert? whatever. Yeah, well, last year he yeah. wore 19. Um, some other ones Tajay Sharp uh, with the Tennessee Titans. Um, got Aldrich Robinson, Andre Roberts. Oh, Aldrick Robinson, man. He's bounced around a lot in yeah. his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, Malcolm Mitchell uh, with the Patriots. Mm hmm. Any other ones that really stick out? All time greats. Oh wait, hold on. I got to throw out Quan Bray um, for the Colts. Oh yeah, throw
0: that out there. That's a stud name right there, Quan
1: Bray. Um, All time greats. You got Johnny Unitas, one of my you know good old uh, Colts quarterback. You got Keyshawn Johnson, uh, Miles Austin with the uh, Cowboys. Eddie (sighs) Royal spent a lot of time with the Bears. Jane Tech. Uh, Let's see. Any other big ones? Brandon Marshall for one season. What year was that? What year did he... One season? Dolphins, maybe? Uh, Let's see. It was... What years did he wear that? He wore that 2010, 2011. So, yeah. um, Dolphins. Yep. Yep. Dolphins. Um, Joe Montana wore it for a year. (laughs) Interesting. Um, Yeah, that's all the guys, really, I want to get into for that. All right. Big 20. uh, Big 20 next week. So, get ready for that. Big 20. 20th episode. I will be
0: ill-prepared, as always. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) That Sounds good. So, you ready to talk about subjects this week? All right. Let's get into it. So, Nick Foles had himself a game this last week. Uh put up some huge numbers against the Vikings. Uh seventy eight point eight percent completion percentage, three hundred and fifty two yards, three touchdowns, and zero interceptions. So, has Nick Foles earned himself another shot as the NFL
1: starter? And uh if not now, what if he wins the Super Bowl? No, I still wouldn't give him a um I wouldn't give him a starting job elsewhere. I wouldn't trust him with a starting job elsewhere. I think that... You know, Doug Peterson has done a great job switching from you know such a a mobile quarterback in Carson Wentz to really getting under center with Nick Foles and making things work with him. Um, he looked brilliant last week. I, I would just like to mention that. You did pick the Vikings. Uh, you said that it was going to be. You thought. you know, oh, 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 no! I'm, I'm, not, I'm trying to remember. I was. You were very confident. You were very Patriots. confident on the podcast that the that the fact, uh, Vikings would win. But I read your article and you kind of threw it in there. Like, now would I be surprised if the Eagles won? No. And I was like, all right. Well, yeah. you were you were pretty confident in the Vikings That's on the what, podcast. I think I only picked the Vikings to win by like three against the Eagles. I did, which uh, that didn't happen
0: at all. I understand that. I did. I, I don't think anybody really expected the monumental collapse of the Vikings in that game. I, I did. You, you expected the monumental. They were tired. You thought that was gonna be all that. that I
1: said last week was that they're tired and they don't have enough size and depth on the defense. And what did their defense? So you do? thought they were their going defense by fell apart. No, I picked the like, uh, the Eagles' twin. I want to say by seven or ten. In my well, I'm going to give you credit for it. Because Listen, you yeah, definitely did. Yeah. You definitely you picked it. I didn't I play. didn't think it would be that big of a blowout. No. But what you did see was the defense just fall apart and you yeah. know the, it just they shows did. you know you can't have your best players playing 79% of snaps and expect them to make it this long into the season without getting tired. They got whooped by a beefy offensive line. I know we're getting a little off topic. I guess I'm just more talking about the game as a whole, but I still going back to Nick Foles, yeah. I wouldn't give him a starting job. I think that, you know, Carson Wentz you know, he's a good backup. He, he's probably one of the best backups you can have in the NFL, and I would trust him behind Carson Wentz coming back from this injury. You know, it's going to be, you know, coming back from an ACL surgery, you, you're you never 100% guaranteed to be healthy um, right away. And so I think that Nick Foles should stay in Philadelphia, and he should just ride it out with them. Well, you're definitely right. He's a good backup to have. 100,
0: And he, it was great he went back to Philly after – uh, Kansas City and everything like that because yeah. that's where Philly's where he's had the most success in his career. But mm-hmm. I read a few of his career numbers. I mean, he's 60.1% completion percentage for his career, 61 TDs to 29 interceptions. That's not bad numbers when you take it all into account. I know he had that one inflated year where he had 27 TDs and two interceptions in one year. Yeah. I mean, that's that's really good production a, for a year. A he was system. also under Chip Kelly's system, which
1: for the mm-hmm. first couple of years in the NFL, Chip
0: Kelly's system looked like the
1: best. Oh, can we also just note how in this game, their offense looked a lot like what they ran with Chip Kelly. It did. It was kind of like I they were kind of calling too. back to that, and it was mm-hmm. like, well, you had a lot of success in yeah. this offense. Let's try and run some Which plays is great like credit that. to
0: Doug Peterson, because yeah. that's how you make it. You're, how you you're, making, adjust.
1: you're uh, optimizing the best potential. Out of your quarterback You're knowing what the do
0: right. well, and I will say about this about Foles, some of those throws they were a plus throws. Those were mm-hmm. very good throws. Definitely. Some of those, I mean, the escaped and throw to Alshon Jeffrey, where it looked like you racked up, it was a little wince like. I was a little impressed and everything. Definitely. But I will say, I think Foles is not going to be. If he was a starter next year, I don't think he would be the worst starter in the NFL. I really don't
1: think he would be. As long as Blake Bortles is still a starter, yeah, quarterback, well, that's I what I don't I'm saying. His agree. numbers are better than Blake Bortles <laughs> yeah. already.
0: I mean, that's how I'm saying. And if he wins a Super Bowl. I I agree with you. I think that his best place is being a backup in Philadelphia where he will be loved for the rest of his career in Philly. I mean, he will be be a legend. He's already was pretty well liked in Philly for what he did for them and everything for the next couple years. That's what I'm saying. He's already a Philly legend, just like Casey Mm -hmm. Keenum's throw will always be a legend in Minnesota. Exactly. So I give him all the credit in the world. And especially with how stacked this free agency quarterback class is. I mean, yeah. you talk about all the good names out there. I mean, maybe another year where Mike Glenn is becoming a starter of the Bears, yeah. Nick Foles would have had a legitimate case of going out oh, there for free agency and going and getting a job somewhere. But mm-hmm. with how stacked free agency class this year and the rookie quarterbacks that are coming up, I think Foles' place is best in Philly.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, mm-hmm. yeah, especially just, you know... You saw it when he tried left, when he tried to leave the first time. You know yeah. he, he failed to find success in, uh, St. Louis. Well, in St. Louis, and yeah, then St. Louis, and Louis then with and the, the Chiefs, Chiefs yeah. he was backing up there. But you know he's got it in Philly. He's got a fan base that supports him. He's got a young quarterback um, starting over him, and will start over him. I I, yes. I heard one thing. It was like. Someone was like, "Is Nick Foles the the starting quarterback next Please year?" Please stop. It's Please no. If anybody ever even hints at that, I they saw need to that get in a in a comment of, feed of a live stream that I was watching. I said, "Are you kidding me?" Look. Carson Wentz was the MVP of this season before he got hurt. He's the quarterback of the future for Philly. I just think that um, yeah, his best situation for him is in Philadelphia. And you know, quarterbacks, backup quarterbacks don't make awful money. So you no. know, if he's Backup quarterback is probably one of the best jobs in football you can have because you have yeah. to go out there when your starter gets hurt, yeah. and you know you're still making good <laughs> the money. The expectation level is not oh, as high. Drops. A lot left a lot of pressure definitely. and things
0: like that. I mean, um, maybe he'd be another good backup like uh, Moore in uh, Miami. I mean, exactly. Moore's pretty just well thought like of that. and everything like that. Yeah. You know, definitely. Uh, and the thing was, I will say, geez, Jeff Fisher, what were you doing in St. Louis? I mean, there is yet another quarterback that's coming out of the Jeff Fisher scheme that just looked absolutely awful. And then he's going to
1: lead his team to the Super Bowl now. I mean, it's just hilarious. And the funniest thing about Jeff Fisher is I for some he just keeps popping up in headlines. He does. He, he came out and said, Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm I'm speaking around with some coordinators because I think I'm gonna get hired this offseason. I said, Jeff Fisher, you're not finding a job as a head coach anytime soon. Mm, defensive coordinator. A little, little off topic, maybe? Even a GM. One of the great things that Jeff Fisher did in his career was talent evaluation. He was terrible at scheming, terrible at getting a locker room. But his draft, you know, Ogletree, Aaron Donald, all these guys that he had drafted, the secondary he drafted in St. Louis, he had good players, just never knew how to execute it. If he wanted to be a GM somewhere and, and, and embrace that, that he was no longer, you know, a coach, I think he could have some success I, there. I could see some of this. I, I will say... um
0: he was good at trading too in the draft. You remember when? Uh, well, they ripped off the Redskins yeah. pretty hard for the RG three deal. <laughs> yeah. Even though, if you look at the players that he drafted, I mean, they didn't get anybody super special out of it that knows one. No. But, but still, yeah, you're right about he the built that evaluation. defense up, and I'm saying his defensive schemes aren't that bad. He's no. a pretty good defensive mind. It's
1: it's just, just tough to get someone away from the It's just tough to get someone who's in this mindset that he's been a head coach for however long he was. Yeah. To, to take a step back and become a D coordinator, that's tough. But if he wants to be in the NFL. He needs to. I mean, be it's back. worked out before. Jim Schwartz, I mean, yeah. people like that. Great That's what I'm saying. Here. There's plenty of guys that have
0: taken a step back. Yeah. Uh, Jack Del Rio, for a while, I'm pretty sure. Didn't he take a step back yeah. as well? Um,
1: uh, who just got hired? Uh, Kubiak. Who just got hired? Pat Shermer. Pat Shermer. Yeah. He was head coach of the Browns. That's what I'm saying. He took a step back, became yeah. an offensive coordinator, reworked his game, and now he's head coach of the Giants. I feel
0: like every every good co- coach has to go to the Browns at one point, right? I mean, Bill mm-hmm. Belichick, uh, Bruce Arians, yeah, right. people like yeah, that. Yeah, Everybody right. goes to the Browns at one pack just to see, okay, this is what I'm not supposed to do. Yeah. And they learn from that experience. Definitely. So, I guess uh, we talked a lot about, we got a little off topic <laughs> Yeah, we got off everything. topic there. But... So let's uh, go on to our next topic. So. We're flat out going to talk about this game because this the whole our whole podcast is really built up to this game. <laughs> what
1: did you think of the Jaguars Patriots game? What did you get out of that? Um, there was a lot I got out of it, and especially even the day after the games, where I was you know just listening to a bunch of other reporters and listening to a bunch of live feeds on Facebook. You know all the all these guys that I listened to, and one of the biggest things that upset me about the game was that you know people don't understand that that football isn't a game of just talent. If you took 22 players, one from each position from the Jaguars and Patriots, yeah, you would yeah. have you would have five players from the Patriots, I think. You'd take Brady, you'd take uh, their center, you would take... Gronk. Gronk, Devin McCourty. Brandon, Brandon Cooks
0: could possibly...
1: Yeah, Brandon Cooks because yeah. of that wide receiving core yeah. in Jacksonville. But the rest of that, you're taking Jacksonville. You're taking the rest of their line. Oh, yeah. Their entire defense, and... Uh, did I say the running back? The run- and their running back. You would take... Yeah, I'd Leonard take Leonard that, for that over yeah. them. So, it, you know, the Jags were the more talented team. 100%. But, you know, it just comes to that discipline that no one else in this league seems to understand except for Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Mm-hmm. You know, Bill Belichick, he's the only one that's still making the team do win sprints, you know, in week 10 of the regular season. No other coaches make you do that. But Bill Belichick knows that if you you need to be equipped to play every game for full four quarters up until the Super Bowl because that's their only goal. And, you know... The Jags they they lost a lot in the second half of that game, and especially on the offense. You know, they got off to that early lead. I thought the game was over for the Jags when the Patriots put up that touchdown to make it fourteen ten going into the half. I knew that you know you you needed a bigger lead going into halftime if you yeah. wanted to win that game. And unfortunately, you know, at half I was like, you know, this is basically over. Um, <laughs> it's they, funny because I mean, the Jags entered the fourth quarter with a ten point lead. Exactly, but but you know, it it's just stuff like that is just so de- deflating for you. I like using the word deflating when talking about the Patriots. Uh, still not over that AFC Championship game, but you know, the Patriots just have—they have a better coaching staff, the best coaching staff ever, and they have um, the, just the best mentality. There's so much of it comes down to the mentality of your locker room, and and you know that's why you never see them celebrating in the locker room after a playoff win and dancing crazy like Minnesota, like Philadelphia, like New Orleans. New Orleans celebrated. They lost next week. Minnesota celebrated. Oh, we're going they lost to that, next week. Yeah, I've seen that. Philadelphia celebrated. They're probably gonna lose the Super Bowl to the Patriots. I mean, <laughs> there's just it, it's a lot. Of, it's just there's such a the, the New England way, the, the Patriot way. It, it's just they're in a they're whole other level. And so you can be the more talented team, but if you're not disciplined, you're not winning. And that's what happened with Jacksonville. When you play at such a high level for
0: so long, it becomes the norm that winning an NFC or an AFC championship, I mean, it just means so little. To oh yeah, this it means point. nothing. I mean, you saw what Bill—I think it's like two years. How many years running? Belichick got the trophy and just like handed it off. He does yeah. not care about that. It's he no, wants not at the all. Super Bowl. That's what they all agree. And like, they're not completely inhuman robots, as people like to like point out. They still celebrated when Brady threw that touchdown pass at the end. Belichick, I know how we talk. They like, talk about how he's inhuman too, in a lot of press conferences. He gives his players credit when it's credits due. He talked, said a lot of good things about Danny Amendola this okay. week, who I think was the MVP of that game. I, so I, he was, he was good, Mister that Reliable. Game. That's what I'm saying. In the playoffs, he just kicks it up a notch. He's yeah. like, he's like Brady's little buddy in the playoffs he's, and everything. He, he doesn't have Edelman. Blanket. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You don't have element. You don't have Gronk in this game, and that's what I was gonna say. Uh, I said about this in the article, and I've talked to you before about this. I, I thought so many things went right for the Jaguars in this game. Where like Blake Bortles played well; he played one of his best games of the season, in my opinion. Yeah. The defense got pressure on Brady. Gronk got hurt. They had an early lead. Tournette ran well at times. They had a ten point lead going into the fourth quarter. Patriots still were able to win because in it's like people like us when we have when people that watch the NFL all the time, it's like nobody expected the Jags to win when they came into the fourth quarter with a ten point lead. Yeah. Until it would happen, like nobody would believe it, because the Patriots have been in that situation so many times, and it doesn't matter. Tom Brady is almost perfect in the fourth quarter when it comes to games like this. Mm-hmm. You just expect him to beat you, and I just it's really a credit to the Patriots, and you can hate them all you want. And I'm not a big Patriots supporter either, but you got to respect them. And oh yeah, you the have. They play. You have I to mean, respect it, definitely.
1: Um, just a few things also about that game. Um, I I kind of put a little uh, a little um, discredit to Doug Marone and, and their offense in the second half. They had so much going right for them in the first half, and you're right; they did get out to that early lead. And, um, honestly, you know, I thought that their offense offense was flowing in the right position, but then they got in the third quarter, and it was like, oh, let's just try and run the ball every play, and and uh, run out the clock, and the Patriots won't be able to come back. It was only a four point game at halftime, ten point game in the fourth quarter. The Patriots have come back from far worse. You need to be to beat the Patriots. You need to be aggressive Needful all game. four yeah. quarters. Like you need to sh- like try and score every single opportunity. Actually, you know what? Even more deflating. F- uh, Fifty seconds left in the second quarter. I was two that, timeouts. Yeah. You take a knee. Yeah, it's a four point. That's game. not how you beat
0: the Patriots. You know
1: you don't. You need you need to go into halftime with at least you know like a, a seven goal. or or a ten point lead. If you could have gotten a field goal off of that, I would have felt a lot more confident. Especially because you know then you get that ten point lead. That's a at least a thirteen point lead makes things more difficult. You need two touchdowns from the Patriots. I just it was it was tough to watch. I was very upset. After the game, for a while, actually, I was very upset with the Jacks, with the Jaguars, because of how they played in that second half. And you know, it, unfortunately, you know, it, it all ended for me on that that those two last drives in the second half. You get the um, unnecessary roughness penalty for the hit on Gronk. You get the two pass interference calls on a uh, Bouye or Ramsey. I forget who. Both I think, them it, I think both them got one. But it, it put the Patriots right in prime position to score before the half. Jags don't uh, try and score with 50 seconds left and two timeouts, and the game was basically yeah. written. I would say, I mean, with 50 seconds and two timeouts, I mean, I know you have Blake Bortles quarterback, but he was playing
0: well already. You already saw that it, this was already one of his better days. He was pretty mm-hmm. locked in and everything. If you don't want to be too risky, I understand that. You like absolute meltdown at p- Blake Bortles a pick six in that situation. I understand that. <clears throat> at least do something. Do a high percentage throw. Do something that Blake Bortles is comfortable with. Try to see if it works out at least. Try to do something, not just two knees to end in the half and exactly. then go to the half with the Patriots having all the momentum. Every time and time. it's just, you got to score so much to be able to beat the Patriots, really. Yeah. And I know that the Jaguars have a great defense and everything. Brady's beaten the best defenses in their career. He knows how to yeah. beat defenses, and when it comes down to it, <laughs> offense is where you're going to beat Brady in the fourth quarter. you got to be aggressive. You have to be just as aggressive the Patriots are, to beat them, you have to play at their own game, and that's what people always say. But then, when it comes down to it, you go back to the traditional route of let me just run the ball, try to see if I can get a couple yards,
1: and that's when the Patriots are best. They have they seem to just new life in the fourth quarter. Exactly. New life. Yeah. <coughs> and, and you know, one last thing, if if we are moving on, just I I heard someone tell me the other day that the Jags just you know wasted their opportunity. If if we have any Jags fans listening, I don't know how many of you there are, but you should feel. Amazing about your team. You guys have what I think you know should be in the top three voting for Coach of the Year. I loved what Doug Marone did. This team was, I want to say, three and thirteen last year, and you brought them to uh, ten and six. Yeah, great turnaround. You have a great coach who has a, a young roster with tons of talent on the defense that are all under contract. So Jags, Jags aren't going anywhere. If you can upgrade the quarterback, get like one more piece on the offensive line, um, and upgrade middle linebacker. You guys are going to be in AFC Championship games for years to come.
0: I'm def- I have to 100 agree with that. A lot of good people in that office right now. A it's lot amazing. of good people in the. I mean, it's just all around. It yeah. just
1: upgrade that quarterback position, and, and in- you- you'll go even further. And in huh? one year, they did that flip. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Tom Coughlin shows what up. Do yeah. Doug Marone shows up. Yeah. New mentality. Leonard yeah. Fournette, fourth pick. Belayas Campbell Barry Church you're mm-hmm. set well the talent Amazing. was there even before this I think yeah. they, they, and the, the
0: Jaguars were just disappointing because yeah. they had a lot of talent on that exactly. offense and everything and they didn't even have Allen Robinson this year who, just, who is their best exactly. receiver and he is a very good talent and I think he, if he gets a right quarterback with him I mean watch it. this the Jaguars team even the young receivers yeah. the young receivers mm-hmm. uh, D.D. Westbrook Keenan Keen, Cole? Yeah. Keenan Cole. Yeah, D. Those, D. Westbrook. Allen Hearns is still there. Marquise, Marquise Lee. Lee had a great season. That's what I'm saying. Marquise yeah, Lee can, can still can catch have a ball. A
1: great year with a quarterback who can throw the ball, and I'd yeah. love to see oh, him I'm a, there. I, It'd be amazing. Just, I mean, like we said, stacked free
0: agency or free agency quarterback. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. But, yeah, Jaguars definitely have a bright future. Mm-hmm. So on to the next uh, topic here. So we talked a little bit about the Vikings game earlier. We talked talking about Bulls. So are the Vikings going to be a top competitor next year?
1: Or was this their best shot at the Super Bowl, and are, are they following a the similar path to the Cardinals a couple years ago? Um, I think it all comes down to what happens in free agency. There's a lot of big changes. Um, the the big drop off with the with the Cardinals um, last season, and I understand you know mirroring that they, they lost you know Calais Campbell, they lost Tony Jefferson in the secondary, they lost a lot of key pieces on that defense. Um, the Vikings need to add depth on their defense if they want to maintain success their star players are star players but they can't play over three quarters of the snaps you know you need a good rotation on the defense and so if they add some depth I think their defense will be even better next year Um, the only problem is you won't have a lot of cap money if you have to spend big money on a quarterback and they got to face that situation Um, you got to figure out what you're doing at the quarterback um, personally, for me, I want to see. You know, you can, you need to keep two of them, in my opinion. You need, you need one of them that I think is going back for sure is Bridgewater. I think Teddy's there for sure. You really I think Teddy's there? I for think sure? he's the cheapest one. I think he's the most affordable one. He's young. I think the Vikings, you know, don't have to pay him much because you haven't seen much from him. I think they at least keep him as the quarterback, too, and then bring it in for a competition. Then it comes down to Keenum and Bradford. And, Of the two, I would be more worried that Keenum's play was inflated because of the offense he ran with Pat Shermer, and that's going to be detrimental. Not having him as the offensive coordinator next season, Um, I think. You know, you saw everywhere Shermer went that their his quarterbacks had amazing seasons. Um, He had amazing success. Cole McCoy's best season with Cleveland was with Pat Shermer. He had a good he had a good rookie season with Pat Shermer. You know, of course, you know he's not doing anything now, but he really elevated his quarterback's success. You know, Donovan McNabb with the Eagles when he was the OC there. Pat Shermer is the reason that Case Keenum, in my opinion, had such a great season. I think that there's a lot that Case Keenum has learned and can possibly retain for next season. But if I'm choosing, you know, I, I'd have to choose you, you go get Case Keenum and bring back Teddy Bridgewater. Sam Bradford's injuries concern me. Um, you just got to hope that Case Keenum learned enough with Pat Shermer to be able to get the job done with a new offensive coordinator.
0: Hmm. Well, I'm going to back to the original thing. So, uh, the reason I brought up the Cardinals in the first place, compared to the Vikings, I just see a lot of similarities. I mean, you look at the uh, Bruce Arians era when he took over for the Cardinals; they seemed like they were just getting better and better every year, mm-hmm. and then they reached their peak. They got to the NFC Championship game, then got destroyed by the car or by the Carolina Panthers. Mm. And then it seemed like, I mean, like they've been disappointing the past few years. Everybody yeah. just kind of assumed, hey, they're going to keep at that level. They may be even get better because they retained a lot of the same players. They lost a couple players here and there, but it looked like they had the general staff, and they just had David Johnson, who looked like he was going to be a star and everything. Star. Yeah, he is still a star, but still, he didn't get to play this year. But then they just have they kind of were a disappointment. And the thing I saw, they both these teams were bailed off their defense, really. That was the big thing, and they mm-hmm. had good offenses, but great defenses. Yeah. And both these teams – Vikings defense isn't old, but there are older players on that team, and they're not like the Jaguars where they're so young and so talented. They have players that are in their prime right now. So I feel like this was one of their best opportunities to get to the Super Mm -hmm. Bowl, and I can definitely see a hangover coming next year. Like you said, they played their players so much this year. And then they're losing Jarek McKinnon to free agency. I believe they will lose him because everything that he's talked, he does not want to be the third guy in this rotation. He doesn't want to be that change of pace back. He wants to have a bigger role. And from everything that he's played this year, I I don't see why he can't. I see him going to another team. Uh, He's a little undersized for that, but there may be a team that's willing to take a shot on him or at least giving him a bigger role in the offense. Because when Dalvin Cook comes back to the Vikings, uh, he's gonna get the share. He's oh, yeah. a good player. He's gonna be he's the starting. That's what I'm saying. I mean, David Johnson comparison, but whatever. So I think the Vikings they're gonna have a bit of a hangover next year, and I don't. They're
1: gonna win games next year. They'll still be a competitive team, but it would not surprise me at all if they miss out on the playoffs next year. Definitely, I, I would. I completely agree with you. And, and the biggest part of that hangover, you mentioned the defense. You know, yeah. they're getting older. They're in their primes. They they should have capitalized this season. I think that this was the closest. They'll I think get this to was the, the closest. And it, it just—it's—it especially just keeps coming back to me about Pat Schirmer. You know, that's a great offensive mind, and that offense was clicking this year on all cylinders. With, you know, they—they they lost, you know, their starting running back, their receivers before they had really been grooving this year. I mean, Adam Thielen really came alive this year. Stefan yeah. Diggs had a resurgence here after, you know. I, th- I want to say maybe two years ago he wasn't amazing, but you know he was a great he was a he's good receiver. Good. This he's year. been pretty good. Um, yeah, he's, he's I'm a, good a little worried about the regression on offense, losing him as a play caller. And when you look at the the NFC North, um, um, Rodgers is going to be Rodgers is going to play a full season hopefully. And you know usually when that happens they're you know guaranteed a playoff spot. He made the playoffs every year until this year when oh. he was the starter. Um, I think the Bears are going to massively improved this season. If you, if you, pick massively. Oh, yeah. If I had to pick two teams that weren't in the playoffs this year that could sneak up in a wild card, it'd be the 49ers and the Bears. The Bears have a a solid defense. I think they, they have one great uh, cornerback, Kyle Fuller. They need to get someone opposite side of him, but they have a great defensive line. Um, all Good veterans at the linebacking positions. I think they need desperately need a wide receiver, whether that's say, free agency. Oh, there's a few free agency. Like, Allen Robinson's a free agent this year. You can go snag him. I think uh, Trubusky? Trubisky? Trubisky? Trubisky. Trubisky. I don't know why I said that. I think (laughs) Trubisky will have a much better season next year now that John Fox isn't running the ball 30 times a game. They have good running backs. Uh, The Matt Nagy offense, I think, will flow really well. Um, He's bringing that offense from uh, Kansas City. I think the Bears, you know, are going to improve. And then Detroit's always there with Matt Stafford. You can't count out the Lions to, you know, snag a few wins, especially divisional games. And so... Would I be shocked if the Vikings go from first to worst in that division? No, I wouldn't. Worst is, I, I, I think that their floor is third. I think they the floor is Do you think this should? But this is me thinking that Chicago, you know, has a really good shot yeah, next year. I mean, like,
0: I, the way you put it, you know, you think about Chicago, I definitely see it, They have that potential. Yeah. I, ex- it's they, just, have they, the they have to get the receiver. They have to get the receiver. Oh, yeah. They, and, I mean, like you said, Kevin there's White, other Kevin You can't count Warner. on Kevin White yeah, anymore. I mean, like, uh, best case scenario, they go out and get a receiver like Allen or Des Bryant, who's another free agent receiver. That's a pretty big name. I know that a lot of people have a Free, free agent? Yeah, Des Bryant's free agent this year. What? Yeah. You know, yeah, that's what they've know. been. There's been a lot of talk about it. I right saw day. a lot of talk about it. Yeah, yeah. So, crazy. Des Bryant, Aaron somebody like that, get a big name receiver. Then you have Kevin White. Maybe he develops this year. I mean, maybe finally. he stays healthy. If he stays healthy. When he stayed healthy, I mean, like, we, we just haven't seen a big enough sample size, no, really, not he's, at all. He's had flashes, I'd say. I mean, he's has he great some, in college. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He was so talented in college. It's just he hasn't been able to stay on the field and everything. So I guess if Chicago can turn around, but I still see the Vikings, I don't see, I I think that when I say they fall apart pretty much, I see a 7-9 season. Gotcha. Coming up. That's what I'm seeing, just like the Cardinals, where they they win yeah. enough games to the point where like, guys, geez, if you could just get a few things together, you guys would be really good. you be in the playoffs. But, yeah, I mean, like, how long can Terrence Newman be playing on the Vikings, too? That's one of the defense. Yeah, yeah so, so Xavier yeah. Rhodes is still really good, but how old is he, too? I think he's still pretty young, Who? but... Uh, Xavier Rhodes. Xavier Rhodes, he's pretty uh, he's he's young. Um, but that's what I'm saying. Points. He's in
1: his prime. He's yeah, in no, his you, prime right this now. This was their all best these, shot to that, to win yes, a Super all all Bowl. All these players And in they prime. missed out on it because yeah. of an epic collapse and the lack of the, lack mm-hmm. of depth. They, you know, they're going to have to fix some things. They're going to have yeah. to fix their depth, hopefully bring mm-hmm. in a smart offensive coordinator. Um, it's The talent is still there where you can still, you know, make a good run at the playoffs. But I wouldn't be surprised, like you said, if they miss out next year. Well, originally before, I was going to say to um, – I thought the Vikings wouldn't have Teddy Bridgewater next year, but it, oh, gotcha. well,
0: the point you make, too, I mean, like, the highest ceiling would probably be with Bridgewater right now. Out of all three of those quarterbacks, not saying the other two are untalented or anything, but the highest potential player is probably Teddy Ted Bridgewater because there was so much hype about him before he had that massive knee injury and everything. Yeah. But from all the talks that I've heard from Bridgewater, he does not want to be a backup quarterback. He really no. does not want to be a backup. No quarterback wants to be a backup. But there's so much interest in Bridgewater, I think, league-wide, that he, he will get another start at a, charter, st- or a starting shot at some point. So if the Vikings really think that he's their guy, then go ahead and keep him next season. But... And, I think Bradford would be the guy that I thought that they would keep the most, really, as a backup at least. Ooh. Or if they want to have a competition and everything with Bradford and Bridgewater, and they hope that Bridgewater—if they sincerely hope that Bridgewater is the future of their franchise—Keenum had a great year with them. He is going to be a starter next year at some on, on some team. He will, I would say, ninety percent sure he's going to be a starter at some team next year. And you will probably be given a pretty good cushion because of the year he had the year before. Mm-hmm. Bradford is more of a guy that, if Bridgewater is who they really
1: think, three games in the season, Bridgewater's ready, put him in. So uh, the only really... thing that concerns me about having Bridgewater and Bradford is Bridgewater's coming off this Oh, both injury-prone, both injury, injury. Both injury you, you need a reliable backup and not someone that's going to go out and kill it every game. But, you know, you need someone who can stay healthy. And Bradford played one game... And it was like, oh, he's got something wrong with his leg. You know, we'll see. Next week will be fine. But they just teased us. He wasn't coming back. He finally made it back by the end of the postseason. But, like, you know, his knees are shot. You know, I understand. You you can probably get Bradford for pretty cheap because of the injury That's history. That's what I'm saying. So if you want to save money up your defense and then just, you know, bring in Bradford and Bridgewater, I think those are the two cheapest options. Well, if you think about it, Keenum is not – He's I think he's 29 years old.
0: He – he has some years left at, from an NFL quarterback standpoint. and everything. Yeah. He's going to be looking for the longest, best contract out there. That is what he's going to be looking for, and that's what worries me with the Vikings because if they really want Keenum next year, but they still want Bridgewater to be that guy eventually, decide into a five-year deal or something like that. I mean, I don't think Keenum's going to take anything less than at least a three-year deal. So it's going to be hard to keep take both of those. Bradford, on the other hand, <coughs> sorry, He's going to be pretty cheap, I think. Yeah. And if once again, it's, I'm not inside that organization. I don't know how they really feel about Bridgewater after yeah. that devastating injury. I know they think highly of him, and at least they did before, but if they really think that he's the future of the franchise, I think Bradford and Bridgewater is the way to go because Keenum's just going to be too expensive.
1: Yeah, well, the only thing that I heard otherwise is that the, the Vikings might um, franchise tag him. A franchise tag. Just Keenum. get him one year because especially mm-hmm. he's not at that Kirk Cousins where we franchi- t- franchise tag and it's $35 yeah. million. He's still around that $20 million franchise tag. Yeah. So they might do that for one year. It makes sense. And then ease Bridgewater if things don't go uh, well in. Then he just, yeah. you know, say goodbye to Case next year if you feel confident in Bridgewater. A franchise tag would definitely make sense too. Yeah. I have no problem with that. No, not at all. It, especially I mean, since it's yeah. just one year. Just, Keenum might have a
0: problem with <laughs> that, I'll be honest. Because... Oh, yeah. So yeah Keenum, I mean, like, this is... I hate to say it, this could be the best year of Kiam's career, and it pro- probably Most is. likely it is. Unless he
1: goes to New York. Yeah. If he, if if with he Pat needs to ride work. Pat Shermer's <laughs> coattails, anyway, I'm anyway, sorry, I'm a little. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I don't think that's the path they'll go, but I think, you know, if the Giants didn't select a, a quarterback at two, um, and, you know, they want a second quarterback in there with Eli, maybe they try and bring him over. Um, I don't think... I think right now with Shermer, he's going to try and make the best out of Eli for one more year because he has done that. He's elevated old quarterbacks before. He's gotten the best out of quarterbacks. So I think um, I think the Giants' plan with Shermer is to get the best out of Eli for maybe one more year, maybe draft someone, have him sit under. But if they don't draft someone, bring in Case Keenum once you're done with I mean, Eli. That'd be perfect for him. And you yeah. think about it, as good as Thielen, uh, Diggs, and Rudolph are, you go <laughs>
0: over and get Odell, Sterling Shepard, and Evan Ingram.
1: Yeah. That's great.
0: That's The line Odell isn't is as
1: good. The running yeah. back game isn't as good. But you've got yeah. better receivers. <coughs>
0: <coughs> it's hard to say that they're better receivers, too. Odell is so good. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Odell is so good. He's clearly one of the best in the NFL and everything. Mm-hmm. Shepard is really bright good, young, too. Bright, bright, young, bright, young receivers. Young That's what I'm yeah. saying, because I love Thielen and Phelan. <coughs> They've been my favorite duo of the year. Duo, yeah. I say. So, oh, right, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, like, Keenum couldn't ask for a better situation if he's going somewhere else exactly. besides the Vikings. So, yeah. yeah, you're definitely right with that. But on to the next subject. So we talked about this a little bit earlier in the week too. How do you feel about the skills competition and the Pro Bowl as a whole, Blake? And I know we have actually uh, disagree in this situation for once, so.
1: Yeah, I was gonna s was gonna say at the intro that this is a full Pro Bowl podcast and see what you guys thought, but then I realized we were actually gonna talk about the Pro Bowl. I hate the Pro Bowl. I think it's yeah. terrible. I hate everything about it. I hate you know, even the skills challenges I'm not a fan of necessarily. I think that. <laughs> I hate that, for starters, you know, you had you had some fun times with the Pro Bowl back in the day when people were actually, you know, taking it seriously. And, you know, they are hitting people. You were out in Hawaii. You're, I mean, of course, you know, there was that horrific injury on this uh, when you were doing those sand drills um,
0: yeah,
1: a while exactly. back. That guy <laughs> tore apart his leg. But, you know, now it's in Orlando. Like, some teams play their entire careers in better places than Orlando. I don't really <laughs> see the interest in going to Orlando for the Pro Bowl. Players don't want to play. It's 2 hand touch. They're not taking it seriously. They're just doing it for, you know, a small paycheck. Nothing interests me about the Pro Bowl, but apparently something does for you. Well, I'm going to say this right
0: now. I love the skills competition. I really do. I think it's revived. I hate the actual game. I think most NFL fans would agree that the actual game of the Pro Bowl is basically... Pointless, and there's no point to it, and everything. The skills competition was awesome for me last year. I loved watching it as a fan. I mean, let's just look at some of the the competitions this year they have. And they added this one. This is the first one I'm talking about kick tack toe. It is an actual kicking competition. I want to see this one. I'm actually, I know some people out there that hate kickers and everything won't like it, and your face right now is making me think you won't like it. I'm actually interested out there, because they're literally going to play tic-tac-toe with kickers from like a distance and everything, so they got to kick it in the direct slots. That's pretty cool. I want to see Justin Tucker out there hitting tic-tac-toe. Whatever, I don't, I don't need to see your negativity in all this. A uh, gridiron gauntlet's pretty cool. The best hands competition. Precision passing was pretty awesome last year to me. You can see some of the quarterbacks out there hitting targets. I think that's a pretty cool one. Uh, the drop, dr- the drone drop was pretty cool with Odell catching those amazing balls from like so far up. Jarvis Landry going back and forth. That one was pretty cool. An epic Pro Bowl dodgeball I thought was going to be dumb at first, but that was pretty cool to see T.Y. Hilton out there catching, like, five balls in a row and everything when he's the only one. You got me with T.Y. Yeah, that's (laughs) what I'm saying with (laughs) T.Y. T.Y. was going off. I think it's just a fun thing to do, and I think it's so much better than the actual game itself. I think they should get rid of the game altogether and just do the skills competition. I mean, uh, yeah, the game game itself is really meaningless.
1: The only thing that, like, is annoying about this year's Pro Bowl specifically is that... You have so many had so many fun players that wouldn't be in the Super Bowl this year, but they're all hurt.
0: Yeah,
1: like you know, you're not seeing Aaron Rodgers in the Pro Bowl. You're not seeing Deshaun Watson. You're not seeing uh, David Johnson. You're not seeing Odell Beckham Jr. Um, is Antonio Brown going to participate? I know he was a little banged, so he might not he might be. be. He might. Not. There, there's just not all those interesting faces of the organization playing. I mean, there's, I'm just not excited to see the players there. I mean, I it's cool. Like I think the Colts, you know, they got. Tyn uh, tight end Jack Doyle just got in. Which he I got, think, in? Yeah, he, he got, got in. Jack Doyle got in. Yeah, I saw that. He got in okay. today or yesterday? But yeah, sometimes they take some names out there, and you gotta wonder. You know, I love bit. I love seeing my Colts in the yeah. No, in the what, oh yeah. God, we had the third worst record. Oh my god, it's such a bad yeah. season. But like, yeah. I, I just have no interest in watching it. Well, not like, at all.
0: And I gotta I gotta remember sometimes, you're right, there's a lot of stars that aren't gonna be in the Pro Bowl and that's one of the biggest appeals, seeing the best players out there and everything. And I gotta remember that not everybody gets as excited seeing uh like uh some of the lesser known names out there as I do. I like seeing Delaney Walker out there and everything. I mean like players that like aren't as big as superstars. I get geeked out every time I see like any player that I had in fantasy out there, it makes me yeah. excited. So mm. I mean, I, I think the skills competition it just adds so much more interest to the Pro Bowl in the first place. If it was like three years or two years ago when the skills competition wasn't, I'd be right there with you. Huh. Pro Bowl needs that to was, that was be the, an honor, that and that's That single
1: it. game two years ago, I had written myself off in the Pro Bowl forever. Which one? Are you talking With about the Two game? years ago, the one before the skills competition. Yeah. I watched that game, and I, I told yeah. myself I wouldn't watch the Pro Bowl I haven't, again. No, I haven't watched the Pro Bowl
0: actual game in years. I haven't watched that one in years, because I'll watch a couple highlights, see Wes Walker in the back of the days, kicking up field goals, and that was pretty yeah. cool. I'll, I'll yeah. go
1: in and watch, you know, it was, the one thing that I watched was Jeff Saturday, uh, Peyton Manny take a hike from Jeff Saturday on their last play ever together. Um, yeah. That was cool to see, you know. There's Reed. some moments. There's, there's, there, there's cool moments in there. I guess I'll watch the highlights, but you will not catch me watching anything for the Pro Bowl this week, even the skills yeah. competitions. Yeah, if, if there's a little highlight on Twitter, I might pop and yeah. open it up, but I have no interest. I think my this week. best Pro Bowl memory though, like of a player actually doing something was uh, Larry
0: Fitzgerald. I think it was years ago, but like the announcers were in the, the booth talking about how nobody really pays attention to the Pro Bowl anymore because the players don't seem to be trying as much. Huh. And then Larry Fitzgerald catches a screen pass and just absolutely destroys a cornerback and runs over him and gets to the end zone. Yeah. Like, well, except for Larry Fitzgerald. Larry <laughs> Fitzgerald still wants to win. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, I love Larry Fitzgerald. See, that's the thing. <laughs> it's like,
1: if you have a bunch of athletes out there that are like, oh, I'm playing football in front of people, yeah, I want to win. Yeah. But I think it's gotten too much to the point where it's like, oh, well, I'm already getting paid. I played a full season. I don't want to get even, hurt. I can't
0: even blame them No, I can't either. I can't either. blame him. There's why would so you, many injuries
1: in there. Why would you risk your career, why would you risk your career on something yeah, like that? that? Patriots, I want to say it was a Patriots player. It was, they were doing a sand agility challenge. Like, it was like a sprints in sand or, like... Sidestepping stepping and sand. He tore apart his entire leg and never played football again. Mm-hmm. Because one cut in the sand. Like, why would you risk your career yeah. for something like that? Well,
0: all right. That, that's why, all right. The contact part of it just takes too much. I think that's what I'm saying. Like, when they the tackled and everything. And, and in all honesty, players can get hurt. knee injuries and things like that. Non-contact injuries can happen at any no, point. You put yourself done. at more of a risk when you're doing stuff. But I think the skills competition, most of those... I mean, it's no more injury risk than what they're doing at practice, I yeah, think. So, I, I'm cool with the the, skills, with the skills yeah. I really am. And I think that that's the future of the Pro Bowl. And if it's going to exist, it's going to exist through that in the future. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Okay. So, I guess we'll uh, go on to our uh, final subject of the week. And we'll talk about the Super Bowl a little bit. We're going to have a big Super Bowl episode next week. But we'll give you a little taste right now.
1: Eagles, obviously, the underdog in this one. How can the Eagles beat the Patriots? Uh, you know... It's tough because I, I, I learned a lot from the Patriots watching them against Jacksonville. And, you know, I think the Patriots learned a lot too. You saw Bill Belichick hug Matt Patricia. Yeah. he That's the most excited I've seen him after a playoff game ever. They They should... He knew that they shouldn't have won that game. He was... I think he knew deep down that, like, wow, these guys are so much faster, stronger, more athletic than us that we shouldn't have or won. Or it's not, yeah, he knows they were so much more talented, and he just thought to himself, he, yeah, yeah, we game plan the crap out of this dudes and excellent. we beat them. Yeah, yeah, he, he I, I really don't think he expected maybe to win that, because yeah. especially when you win in the fourth quarter, you saw how we celebrated with Matt Patricia, you never see that, you never yeah. see that out of Bill. Um, so, you know, I learned a lot from that is, you know, it's great teams like that, great athletic Teams on all like different cylinders. You know the defense, offense, um, th- that it takes to even get close to being the Patriots. And fortunately, the Eagles don't have that at all levels. You know they're banged up. You're missing your left tackle. You're missing your MVP quarterback. Uh, you're missing a linebacker. If the if the Eagles want to want to beat the Patriots, um, you're gonna have to get a lot from their defensive line. It's really going to come down to their defensive line. Um, Fletcher Cox has been amazing this entire season, and specifically the postseason, he's been on fire. One of the best D tackles in football. He's going to have to own that Patriots line, and like I said, you know the way to beat the Pats is to put pressure on Tom Brady through the the entire game. Fletcher Cox can do that, amazing. If you know if Derek Barnett, rookie, can come in and get you know his one great spin move and get a hit on Brady, that's great. They have talent in the front seven to put pressure, um, and the secondary has been getting a little better too. You know, I'm not going to say that it's it's a 100 percent chance that the Patriots win. I think there are things that the Eagles can yeah. do. I think Peterson is a great uh, play caller. He adjusts to games um, while well. he has great halftime adjustments. Um, and then the other thing I guess I would say is the power run game really needs to be um, present. And they have a good they, they have good running. Oh, they have, pretty backs. Running they have backs. very good running. J.J. and Blunt look great. Yeah, I think and, and they have a. They have a massive offensive line. I was yeah. reading this off the other day. They, you know, their entire right side was over 300 pounds each, and you got one guy 335. They have a mammoth offensive line, and you know, I guess I, I'm not too impressed with the Pats' front seven. I think you know that their secondary is great, um, but you know, the Patriots' front seven, if you just want to run the ball on them and just put pressure on them the entire game, kind of like mm-hmm. what the Jags did in the first half, it was a lot of power running, and then Blake Bortles, you know, with some um, play action, rollout stuff like that. You know, I think you can get, you know, up early like Jack Quires did. But, you know, it's going to be tough for the Eagles to do that. It's funny that you mentioned that. Like what you said earlier about the Patriots talent-wise, the Eagles
0: have more talent all around. They do. I think they have more talent all around. I'm talking about all around Nidus Brady, how yeah. much above he is, and everything like yeah. that. I mean, it's funny. And the Patriots don't spend much on defense. They don't spend much money on anybody, really. But the one player they did spend money on in the free agency was Stephon Gilmore this past year. Stefan Gilmore made that amazing play against Blake Bortles this last game. I mean, that was a great play, amazing. He jumped over the guy. But I'll get back to what I was saying. I have three keys for what the how the Eagles can beat the Patriots. I think Nick Foles has to play the level he did last week. I think that they have to get pressure on Brady. Like I said, the front seven is huge. It's yeah. it's an absolutely huge part of this game. They have to be able to milk the clock when it matters, and that's that's the key that I never see against the Patriots when it matters the most. The offense just it seems they always seem to shut down when the Patriots need to stop. They get a stop like every time. And the Patriots, it's just something that they do. It's just something that they, they just have gotten accustomed to. If Brady has the ball with if it's a one possession game at one point in the game, you can almost guarantee he is going to score. Yeah. You're gonna get behind. Mm-hmm. So you gotta be able to you gotta think when you have that one possession lead, you have a four point lead, maybe a three point lead, two point lead, whatever it is, I gotta score a touchdown right here. That has gotta be your mindset. It can't be. I've got to keep the ball as long as possible and run a couple times and trust my defense to win because it doesn't matter the level of defense. No, as good as the Eagles' defense is, the Jaguars' defense is better. Yeah, and you just saw what happened to them. Exactly, Danny Amendola scored two touchdowns in them in the final quarter. Sorry, your offense didn't do anything. You lost. You cannot rely on the defense when at the end of the game. You have to be able to put up some points.
1: So yeah, and that's one big uh, difference between what I think Doug Marone and Doug Peterson will do. Um, Doug Marone got way too. uh, lazy in the second half and was just trying to milk the clock with a lot of run plays. And and Doug Peterson doesn't run his offense like that. He's a very aggressive. He always wants to put points on the board, and that's the way to beat the Patriots. You need to put points up on the board if you want to, you know, your defense, as good as it can be, we learned last week. You know, it's it's never good enough if your yeah. offense can't put up points throughout matters, the game. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's I mean, you can put up 28 points in the Super Bowl, be up 28 to 3, but if you don't get to 35, then, you know, yeah. the Patriots have a way of coming back where'd you then, that oh yeah uh, so. <laughs> good Super Bowl last year oh yeah. my god that was amazing but um <laughs> but yeah I, I I completely agree the front seven needs to control uh, what is a weak Patriots offensive line especially the right side of the offensive line they got to really put pressure on that um Thoney, I know I mentioned him last week guard you know the Eagles got to put pressure on him because he still didn't look great against Jacksonville um you got to get to him quick because if Brady has time in the pocket, he can, you know, those receivers will get open against the secondary. Um, And especially, you know, if if Gronk's healthy, I think, you know, Gronk has an amazing game. Um, I don't know who in Philadelphia is going to cover Gronk one-on-one in man-to-man, but... um, Whoever it is, I think, you know, Gronk will have a much better advantage than he did against Jacksonville. Yeah, it's kind of funny. The Eagles, all season long, I
0: feel like have had the mantra of people who have been like, they're overrated pretty much. I think all season long, yeah. a lot of people, and even though they got they got so high up so quickly because, and then people were like, their schedule, things such as that, yeah. and then then Winston down, everybody's like, written him off. And I'm not going to lie, I wrote him, wrote him off from the Super Bowl once Winston down. I thought mm-hmm. he was the main key and everything. They've been the underdog in both games, their playoff games, and they've been pretty dominant. They've shown what's gotten there. They've shown that they're a good all-around team. I still think the Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. I will say that. But I can I can't count the Eagles out. I can no. a lot of people were saying this is going to be a horrible Super Bowl. The Patriots just going to go in there and uh, absolutely dominate, them. but from what we've seen, I mean, it's going to be interesting because Patri- the Eagles have really thrived off this underdog uh, mantra and everything, yeah. so I feel like they could come in there and get an early lead. But like a lot of teams have gotten against the Patriots, it's mm-hmm. just are they going to be able to maintain it? Exactly. Game? Can because they put the, up points in the second half? Keep it going. Yeah. Keep it going. It's all about keeping it going against the Patriots. You got to keep that put on the gas pedal. mindset the entire way through. It's got to be that entire until the clock is set at zero. You have to keep going. Exactly. You have to keep that same exact aggressive
1: mindset. It's never too late yeah. for the Pats to come back. It
0: never, it never is. is. It almost never is. As, as long as statistically possible, if yep. the Pats come out, do not count them out. Yeah. Yep. So unless it's going down to onside kicks and then I'll take the Eagles in that situation yeah right oh yeah God, that's, that's the like only that's time and then in, you never know Gostkowski when was the last time he had to do an onside kick it might, he might have something super nasty up his sleeve that he's been working on for years that nobody's ever seen I don't know I'm getting into like too the much would have that game. They would. Have, they something, something's up with they that they have, can, there. they have to have the nastiest onside kick game in the business because yeah, we haven't seen it yet exactly so, well, yeah, I definitely. I'm excited to talk about it next week even more. We'll probably have a special guest or maybe two next week. Um, so uh, be sure to check that out next week, and be sure to check out me and Blake's and all the writers of Pure Sports Networks uh, articles for the next couple of weeks because, yeah, guys, it's going to be an exciting one.
1: Yeah, and follow. Make sure to follow us. Uh, follow the Pure Sports account on Twitter at Pure Sports Network, um, Pure Sports NFL for our our own NFL page, and the uh, at Goldigo Podcast Twitter. Uh, make sure you know you'll get a lot of updates on our articles our uh our stuff when it comes out and yeah i'm excited for next week it's gonna be a good one yes sir we'll see you all guys next week okay. take care
0: with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere